Ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. We are coming live from St. Louis, St. Charles, Missouri, here for a couple more days. I think it just joins. Um, well, good morning again, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, more than a couple days, right? Um, we hope you're having an amazing week. We are coming to you talking all about spiritual retreats, whether you're someone that's thinking of hosting one or you're thinking of attending one. And this is a question that we get asked all the time, whether it's in our business mastermind or I've been getting a lot of private messages because I've been doing five days of our psychic medium retreat tour. I've been giving a little taste of behind the scenes from our psychic medium retreats from this will be our seventh year, which is absolutely crazy. Um, so I thought this is an important episode. We have to talk about this because I trying to keep up with all the messages, but I'm thinking, why not just make an episode? So we thought, let's just do it. Yeah, and there's so much to share in it because it's one of our favorite events that we do. Probably our favorite, I would yeah. say. Oh yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Total immersion, four days. You can imagine all the stories and transformations. You can read those on our testimonials and hear it on some of the videos of some of the students that went to our retreat. Yeah. So this, this episode's gonna be about the actual experience of our retreat and then crafting out your own retreat, like the process that we went through really year after year to get more clear each time because every year we try to make it a little bit better. Yeah. And I will say the very first year that I did the retreat, I remember Christina, my sister was helping and she was an event coordinator and she was like, okay, we need to map out the times. I'm like, oh no, no, no. I can just, I'll go with the flow. I know my bullet points. And she's like, no, no, no. We have to write out the times. And so when we did that, it was really one of those things where it took time to say what I needed to do. And she actually was the one that helped me with my timing too. And we've kind of followed that along over the years. And that's really helpful. And as teachers, when we were teaching, growing our, our um, teaching skills, when we were doing our lesson plans at the very beginning, how many lesson plans do you think we had to do? Oh my goodness, for each, for each, just in school, when I was in school, we had to turn just in a, a million lesson plans. And then as teachers, you're doing lesson plans every day, every week, and you get so used to organizing information in the most clear way where people can receive it. And absolutely, that skill has helped us tremendously with this retreat, because yeah. you think about it, you have to cover content for basically four days, four days of being with people. Mm -hmm. and creative content, right? If this is content where you're just copying off other people and it's not original to you, it doesn't mean anything to you, you're not gonna have people showing up to your retreats or coming back. Um, every year we have attendees that, um, past attendees will attend the, the new retreat. So, right. and it, it says something about it. It's because we put so much time and energy into this structure, into being creative, into tuning into our clients energy and their pains and their dreams and really using that to create lessons that flow throughout the day that lead to transformation yeah and one of the things that i will say is with a retreat when you are so there's different there are different retreats and we haven't hosted a retreat at a retreat center yet i'm sure in the future that's something that we'll do but when you're getting a retreat house that's very unique to you as the leader and your students. So I've been receiving tons of messages over the years on, can you tell me what your retreat house is? Where is it? 
I want to do a spiritual retreat. The one thing that I will say is what I, I feel strongly about is when you are leading a retreat, this is a unique experience for you and your people. So you have to do the research to feel what feels right to you. Some people love the mountains. They want to take their group to the mountains. So go and do the research. Some people want to go out of the country, go and do the research. Don't just gravitate to what looks good on the outside because there's so much that goes behind the scenes with these things when it comes to choosing a place and then what you're looking for. You know, you have your own brand, you have your own style, you have your own um, exercises. Everything that we've done to create the space that we have is specifically because of the exercises. It's specifically because of, um, I would say, like the rituals, really, like the, the sacredness of it. There's so many pieces to it. So my wish for anyone that's thinking of hosting your retreat is don't go the easy way. Really fine tune what does it feel like in my heart? Like where am I feeling guided? There's so many places around the world that you can look at. And I, I would really think about that too and maybe feel into it, not even think about it, feel into it. Yeah, and if you can travel there, so yes. travel to all these different places, think about the spots that you've already traveled to and think like, what was the most magical feeling that I had? Where was I at? And that could lead you to it. You could also, Definitely. with virtual reality, right? You can go there, um, put on that headset and you could, it's like you're at different locations too. So if you can't travel there right now, do that and just really, and you're probably thinking like, oh, this is a lot of time and energy and money putting into these things. And it is it's because it. It, it's special because think about it. When you set up a retreat, you have people coming from all over the United States, from all over the world, yeah. different countries, different cities. It's a big deal. People are paying money to be there, flights, their time and energy. Many of these people have kids, right, that they're leaving behind or animals. And that's really, you know, it's a sacrifice in one way. So you want to make it worth their while. You yeah. want to make sure you're putting, with every little detail of this retreat, putting all of your time and energy into it. So, yeah, go travel. Go travel yeah. to that country or that city that you're pulled to and feel it out. And we've had people travel from Australia to Florida. We've had people travel, drive from Canada to the retreat. They've brought their families. They don't bring their families to the retreat house. We don't allow that, but they will book um, a vacation after the retreat with their families. So their families will, will book an Airbnb or a hotel for the few days that, that the students are at the retreat. And then after they make a family trip out of it, where else do they come from? And Australia was the furthest place. Australia, Canada. All over California. Everywhere. All over the US. Yeah. So there's so many different places that they're coming from. So you want to make sure that you're really putting the details in. The other thing is, is there's an essence that is created before the retreat attendees even come. So be open. If you're hosting a spiritual retreat, you're open to the spiritual side of things and really like getting downloads beforehand because we get a lot of downloads before the retreat. We get a lot of downloads during the retreat and we get downloads after the retreat Absolutely, from guides and past loved ones. Yes, because we're focused on it. So that's the one tip that I would give you is stay open, get a notebook and write it out. Sometimes we think as a human, we think like I thought that I was going to run an intuition retreat. That was my plan. And I woke up the next day and I was told, no, you're not running the intuition retreat. You're running a mediumship retreat. I remember in 2017, I'm like, 
huh? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I've been hosting, I've been having so many things come up that I want to do about intuition. And then I was told, no, you're not doing an intuition retreat. I, I hate the word pivot because it's used so much right now, but like I pivoted. I pivoted, I flowed with it. I thought, mm -hmm. okay, I'm trusting what I'm getting. I'm trusting my intuition, teach about intuition. I trust about my intuition. I've taught mediumship, I can do it. I thought intuition was gonna be first and then mediumship was going to be later. And looking back on it, I know it had to do with fear of, am I ready to do a mediumship retreat? Maybe I should get the intuition retreat going and then those people would want to do the mediumship retreat after. Yeah, and that's a huge part of this process too is fear is going to come up yes. inside of you because you're, you're thinking like, who am I to run this retreat or who am I? And then you, you know, sometimes you will pick your ideas from that, from that Definitely. fear. So it's really, it's like tuning in to your intuition, tuning into what is calling you, right? What creativity is coming out of you. Yeah. And I think that's a big factor here. And fear will often lead us to what Lindsay said at the beginning of this, just looking on the outside and seeing, oh, they're doing it this way, they're doing it that way. So. And it can um, stifle your creativity. Let me, let me do it that way, right? And then all of a sudden you're creating something that somebody else created and and then you show up to your own retreat you run it and it just doesn't have that pop to it so you got to think about feeling. in advance too like sometimes like I've come across clients where I'm talking with them and they want to do a retreat they want to do um, speaking they want to do all of these things and it becomes very clear to me that they're not ready to run a retreat yet because they never even ran an online program you know like a master class one night or an in-person and you know, like Lindsay said, we're teachers. We have thousands of hours teaching. We've ran all kinds of in-person, online. And I'm not saying like there's a certain thing you gotta do before you run a retreat, but just check in with yourself. Think about like, yeah. am I am I moving like 10 steps ahead to where I could just slow down things? I could set up like a one night class or a one day class and really start to build out my skills because one of the biggest things that's required throughout a retreat that I've realized is holding that energetic space yeah. is having your nervous system strong enough to where you can hold that space to where you can maintain. And yeah, I can look back over the last um, seven years, every year my nervous system got stronger. I've been able to hold more and more space. So yeah, as you do this, you're gonna build it that way, but you can also build it in the meantime by doing lives, mm -hmm. by doing Zooms and um, in-person stuff and really just Getting connecting your with your clients and knowing what their pain points are, getting all of the information, the clarity around that so you know what to actually put in these retreats. Exactly. And that's bringing up a point that I forgot about earlier was a retreat house versus a retreat center is two totally, they're two totally different things. Um, I've never hosted at a retreat center, but I will say with a retreat house, most likely you're staying at the house with the retreat attendees. That means your off time is very limited. So for us, like we made sure at the very beginning in 2017 with our first retreat that we had break times. Because for me personally, I need recharging time. I can't be on like every second answering questions. Because as a teacher, that's common. You want to hang out with your retreat attendees. I love answering questions, but you need that break time just like your attendees need. So I thought, okay, if I was attending this retreat as a retreat attendee, what would I want? I would want space. I would not want it to be overcrowded. I think I'm doing my own thumbs up. This is what happens on Facebook now. And like, it's so <laughs> funny how it does that. Um, 
I try to do it after there's balloons that come out and everything else. Um, but where was I going with that? I just lost my train of thought. Okay, so space, if space, time. space, time. So for me, I didn't want our retreat attendees to be on top of each other. So we limit it to 10 people. We don't, we could have 26 people if we wanted to in that house. We don't. We make it so that's intimate, it's sacred. They're not on top of each other, unless you're on a bunk bed. <laughs> um, yeah. But but you're hardly but in your actually, room. You're hardly in your room. But in actuality, really, nobody is on bunk beds because there's so many of them that yeah, nobody true. sleeps on top nobody of bunk beds. To, yeah. yeah, they don't have to if they don't want to. Um, so that's not true either. But um, but we want to make sure that there's space, and if they have break, they for us. For me personally, I'd love to go to the beach and go on walk on the sand. My attendees, our retreat attendees, they love going and taking walks on the beach before bed or in the morning on break time. And the one thing that we always tell our retreat attendees is you, this journey is for you. You are most likely the type of person to do everything for your family. You want to help every one of your clients, but this is your time. You're gonna be treated like royalty. You don't even need to make your bed if you don't want to. You just show up downstairs. You have a beautiful meal cooked for you by a private chef, all organic food that's healthy, recharging, goes with this, the exercises that we do. And when you want your break, you don't need to ask permission. You have three of them, four of them built in, but you can always take a break. You can always choose to do that. And for them to have the space to show up and not have to be, that is really powerful because you're not drained by the end of the retreat. You're recharged. Yeah, because you would think, wait, I'm going to spend four days with people. I'm with them pretty much all day long. Wow, I'm an empath. I'm going to be drained. We've never had that experience from people. Everybody that leaves a retreat, yeah. including myself, I'm an empath. It's the same thing, recharged, because yeah. it's the way that we have it set up. Because like Lindsay set it up, retreat center, there's going to be breaks, you're naturally staying in other, you know, different rooms. And this is a just one big, huge mansion on the beach that we're all in. Lots of space, yeah. lots of um, time that time and energy that we put in between the classes, too, like Lindsay said. And I go into what it, were you going to say? I was going to say, and Tony doesn't sleep there. Like, Tony leaves in the morning, comes back early in the morning when everyone wakes up and leaves at night. And I like that because it's a women's retreat, yes. too. Just um, for, so everybody feels comfortable and everything's good that way. Yeah, even though they always say, Tony can stay there. But that's what that's something that we decided. Like, that's just what it is. You have to think about what feels right for you. Yeah. Like, really think about those details. Yeah, and going to, like, one of the biggest points is who's showing up at your retreat. Yeah. And that's huge because Definitely. our retreats are amazing every year. Not just because we're amazing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's not just because us, for real. It's because the of people. the people. Like, it's the collective energy, right? If you yeah. have one bad apple in a bunch, right? You heard that before. It goes stale. So you really need to figure out, like, who do you want to show up at your retreat? A thing that we use is you must be a past student of ours yeah. in one of our programs. We have several programs we run throughout the year and you must be a past student of ours because we know that you know we've already connected with you, we know your energy, we know your intention. So we don't just allow anybody to come to this retreat. Right. And it's something to think about for your retreats, a filtering system mm -hmm. because it's the people. Yeah. It's the process, the process is huge, right? We're teachers, we organize, we set it up. We've been getting better at this process every single year, but
But without the people, right? Without those quality people, open hearts, ready, like like on the you same know team. The learning styles too. Right, you know, and then the, you get the, to learn. You get the to learn styles, exactly. I mean. You get to learn all of like how the students learn too, right? Because you right. work with them um, in that way, and it's just a power. It's just something you really need to think about. It's it's huge. Like with any program you run, any um, part of your business, you want to have your ideal client, especially for a retreat. You're going to be with them for four days straight. Or exactly, three days, or and I think that's important is. too. Like one of the things that I always tell them, like if you if you're if you're someone that's listening and you're like, I've always wanted to go to the psychic medium retreat, but I'm not a student yet. I always say, join the self-study programs that we have, get used to our teaching style. True. We'll make sure that we get on the phone with you. Like we actually just had someone sign up probably a week ago and she was on our master class. Our, what was that class? It was the intention class for new year's. Eve. Oh yes. And yes. she wanted to join the mediumship program. So I talked to her, for like 30 minutes we spoke we figured out like she is the perfect fit for the retreat she wants the retreat she signed up for the self-study program she's doing the class before she gets to the retreat so if that's something that you're interested in we could have a conversation but we want to make sure that we get to know you before and i love it because even though some of my students like maybe our students have been with us it could have been like seven years ago and they're finally joining the retreat and they did not practice mediumship or our business mastermind in the same cohort, they get to know each other in person. And there's some sort of some similarity that happens when they meet each other. There's like a certain vibe with our students. They meet each other and they feel like it's family even though they never met online. Half of them seem to be ex-teachers. Yeah, we yeah. We see another some... pattern where they, they own horses. That's true, another actually, pattern where, our students. We're animal do. healers. There's a lot of animal healers, which that makes yeah. sense. That's, that's not surprising at all. Is there? I know there. It's funny to look back at the similarities, or um, someone in the, the the caring field of like nursing or something like that. Yeah, There's and it so goes it goes things. to your intention, right? Because like the more clear you are, you'll notice like everybody that comes to your events, you're like, whoa, there's like a huge connection here. Yeah. And it, it comes back to your intention, your clarity on who you want to come to your events, your clarity in your messaging, like in your podcast and your marketing. Yes. Um, and your filtering systems, all of that. So everything matters. There's a lot of working pieces here. And um, it's just like, I would say to be patient with yourself. Be mm -hmm. patient with yourself, stay consistent. If you're somebody that you're watching this, you want to run a retreat, or maybe you just want to attend a retreat, but say you want to run it, it's worth dedicating time to, right? This is something you could do every single year. Um, Malcolm Gladwell says it takes 10,000 hours, 10 yeah. years to become a master at anything. So look at, look at it like that. Like look at yourself the next 10 years, I'm dedicating to mastering this retreat process. Also, if you're attending a retreat or you're hosting, thinking about some people like to actually leave the retreat space or everyone stays at their own hotel or retreat center um, or even a retreat house, but they're about doing tours. So they might go and explore, you know, waterfalls or they might explore uh, like I'm thinking of Costa Rica, you know, that's a lot of that type of thing. Or they go and they take a yoga class or they do different things and they want to explore the village. So figure out like what feels right to me when I'm hosting and am I attending? Am I someone that wants to be on my feet and I wanna go and explore? Or is that something that I like to do in my own time and not during a retreat? Do I want the retreat process to be like, this is a sacred space in one spot 
and not leave the house. For us personally, with this specific retreat, the Psychic Medium Retreat, we don't leave the house. The only time you leave the house is if you're going on the beach, on the sand. You're going we in the ocean. We lock you in. <laughs> you go in the ocean water or you go in the pool. Um, everything's there. The, the private chef is there. Um, the teachers, we are there. The students are there. And you don't feel trapped because there's so much space and nature is right there. So it's like, it's so healing because you don't need to see the outside world. The only time we probably see the outside world is if you're walking on the beach and you see a person. But I always, we joke around when we leave that retreat, we're like, we feel like we're in culture shock. And everyone always comments after saying it was so interesting being at the airport or being back at home after the retreat because you've been in this healing, spiritual, full immersion bubble that's catapulted learning in such a short amount of time because we have that sacred space that it happens even faster because you're not connected to the outside world. You're not leaking your energy out in different places trying to help people. You're right there and you're having your own journey while you're practicing psychic mediumship. So something to think about when you're creating and when you're attending. What else did we say we wanted to? So when you want to have any kind of transformational retreat, you want to make sure that you build in exercises that create that transformation, that make the people feel safe. And I know we can't force someone to feel safe, but it's something that's important to create the space where they have the time to communicate with each other and share. Yeah, exactly. And and part of part of us being overcrowded. Part of us doing that too is bringing in other professionals. Yeah. So like with the chef that comes in, the chef will educate our yes. students about healthy smoothies. Um, we have a lot of students that have um, like gluten-free, different allergies. Yeah. So like every year we do. The chef always knows different, um, you know, recipes for that, and there's just an education process there. It's not just like you're eating food. It's like you're being educated by that. We also bring in crystal bowls at times, and um, you know, just so you think about that. Think about what professionals do you want to come in? Like what experts can add to your retreat and make your retreat better, add more value to your students so that they can have those transformations that Lindsay's talking about. Yeah. Because it's that collective, it's all the exercises that compound together over those four days to where when you're doing those exercises, you're like, oh, this is simple, I'm doing this. And all of a sudden at the end of the four days, you're like, what in the hell just happened in the last four days? I feel and, like a new person. Yeah, and we hear from, one of the things that we always hear from our students is when they go home, they're like, wow, I have so many new ideas on the snacks or foods we're gonna eat in between our readings. And now, like, I think about one of our students, she slept in the room that she could hear the ocean waves. Like a lot of the rooms, like beautiful views. Every room has a, a beautiful view, actually. Um, it's like but, the best house in Florida. You must be there. So, but she got a sound machine for oceans, um, for the sound of ocean. So because she heard the ocean waves and she's like, I don't know if I can go to sleep without having that sound. So it's funny, these little pieces that you think of like, wow, I never maybe would have experienced it in the same way if I wasn't in this space. And it goes for any retreat that you do. If you're doing a retreat in Italy, you're gonna have a whole experience. Maybe you end up buying a, a house in Italy after that retreat, or you go everywhere and you make it every year and you make it a point to go. Um, but these things completely transform you 
and it's in a space where you're surrounded with like-minded people and you can learn at the same time. It's like the most beautiful thing. As leaders, we get healed each time. We're in a full immersion each time we do our retreat. Like you need, so, like you want to create events, retreats that you, that you would pay to attend. Like I would pay to attend our retreat that we do every year. Oh, totally. So if you could say that about your retreat, I'm doing this in the thumbs again. Did you just do that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but if you could say that about your retreat at the end of it, you know, like, okay, I knocked out of the ballpark. Yeah. So think about that. What retreat would you actually pay for? What experience would you pay for? Now go do the work and deliver that to your clients. Yeah. It's about serving your clients and having them have the most magical experience. And and that's the, the best thing that you could do for them. So we love it. And I hope this episode helped you really think about, okay, what do I want? Not what is everyone else doing? What do I want? Like, how can I get creative? And it might be stepping back from trying to figure out the ideas and allowing yourself to explore and travel and figure out where that is. Right. And connecting with your clients over and over and over again. That's connecting deeply thing. with your clients, getting to know them. Like, who are they? What do they love? Yeah. What, are they, what would they um, love to experience? Yes. So if you're going to do any retreat, think about, am I putting it off? Am I, do I need it right now? Most likely, every single year, we need some sort of retreat. When I say retreat, I mean like travel, um, full immersion of some sort that we do. So think about that. Like, what is it that you would like to do each year? And how can it propel you to that next level in the work that you do? And let us know if you have any questions. Type them below. Yes. And then our next video about our next episode about retreats, we'll cover that. Yeah. And the other thing, lastly, we have one spot left for our King Private Room. If you're a psychic medium retreat, um, you're a psychic medium student of ours, or you're someone that wants to be a student, you want to learn more information, send me a message. We'll talk. We'll give you some more information. And then there's some bunk rooms left. Bunk rooms are beautiful too. So, But only if you want to up-level your life. <laughs> yes. And your psychic mediumship. Okay. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye, -bye.